I can't just make sort of smallish niche strategy games anymore. I want to make something that is a lot more ambitious and that has a better chance of standing out. I've been an indie developer since 2012, I suppose. Um, and so that was the year that the Oculus Kickstarter happened. And so I was a backer of that, got my dev kit. And then in uh, the middle of 2013, um, Oculus held the um, Oculus VR Jam, which was like a, a contest to create little apps for the first Oculus Rift DK1. Um, so I participated in that and my entry, uh, which eventually became my first game, Darknet, um, was one of the winners of that jam. And so I basically, from that point on, ended up uh, being like the VR guy in like, you know, the local development community. And I decided to just kind of lean into that and keep doing VR projects. So Darknet went well. It came out for the Gear VR. It was a Rift launch title as well. And then I followed up with three uh, more strategy games called Tactera, Skylight, and Astraeus. And Astraeus was an Oculus Go launch title, but um, that was my most recent game before this one. Why did you pick this path uh, onto Oculus Quest? Were there other options available to you? Or was this, why did you go with Kickstarter to get a game onto Quest? It wasn't the plan from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, I'm always very, like, impatient to get my games done. So originally I had hoped that I could even have an Oculus Quest launch title. And uh, it just, you know, I, I ended up getting busy with some of the ports that I mentioned before and things like that. And so then I've, I've kind of like felt more and more like the quest is having its moment, like it's, it's really starting to, uh, to explode. And I wanted to get into that. I wanted like to get my game out there now and get it in players' hands. Um, Kickstarter was kind of a, a late addition to that plan. And the thought behind that was basically, A, I was, you know, I could really use a little bit of extra development funding for some of the last few features that I wanted to add, but, you know, I couldn't responsibly uh, self-fund those features pre-launch. So that was part of it. The other half of it was I wanted to get like a, a population of players to get into the game before, you know, the, the main launch. A, because this is supposed to be a multiplayer game, and B, because I, I'm not going to be able to figure out how to balance things until I actually see it in the wild. So we ended up at this point with over 500 backers on the Kickstarter, and a lot of those are going to be um, participating in the beta. And so I'm hoping to get a lot of good feedback in the, the last couple of months before launch. You're fully funded, and uh, that's congratulations. Was it Thank stressful you. to hit the... The go button on Kickstarter? <laughs> were you were you fearful you weren't going to make it? Of course, yeah. I mean, you, you you really never know. And you know, Kickstarter it it kind of had like um, its heyday back when like the, the Oculus Rift was doing its Kickstarter and things like that. Um, but it's quieted down a lot since then. Uh, it's it's still great for board game projects, but for video games and especially for VR games, where most of the people out there don't have a headset, it's a lot more risky. And so, yeah, I really wasn't sure um, what to expect. And, you know, if, if the game hadn't gotten any interest, I still would have finished it. You know, I just would have taken, you know, whatever measures I had to to get it done. But I'm very grateful that it turns out that there were people who were interested in it. Can you explain the mechanics and how you arrived at this particular type of game? So I wanted to build um, a sword fighting game, which I think is like a very common fantasy 
in, for, you know, for VR. Everybody wanted to like, you know, swing the sword since the very beginning, you know. I remember even when the Wii came out, that's kind of the game that everybody wanted. And it's never really worked out for various reasons. For the biggest thing is like, if I'm swinging my controller, A, it doesn't weigh what like what a sword would. And so I can move it however fast I want. And then B, when it strikes something, you know, my hand doesn't bounce back. It, my hand doesn't stop. And so that kind of like ruined the the feel of sword fighting for the vast majority of games. And so basically I took it upon myself like this project was going to be like, can I fix that? Can I figure out some solution that would still make it fun? I experimented with a lot of different things. And what we landed on was a system where every time you swing your weapon, um, it shatters when it hits something. So it, you know, it makes sense that your hand keeps going because the weapon is gone. You get one hit per swing. And then to get your sword back, you have to kind of swing it back behind you. Um, and so then you kind of end up with like a, a nice back and forth pattern um, and, you know, can kind of get into a rhythm of things. Um, and then we added some, you know, physics to the weapons so that they're kind of following your hand rather than being kind of just like glued on to your hand. Um, and so now you can't swing infinitely fast. And then there were there were a couple of other like key mechanics um, that were kind of layered on top of that. And eventually it kind of came together. It started to feel... Um, like it was evoking that fantasy that I talked about at the beginning. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's, there's already a couple of good games where you play as kind of this like heroic fighter who can, you know, beat 20 guys at a time. Um, and I wanted something that was more like a dueling game where there's a lot of like back and forth and parrying. And um, I feel like I, I got close enough to that, that it, it kind of gives me the feeling I was looking for when I you know, started off on this project. Multiplayer, you've got uh, every system, right? Uh, how did how hard was that to architect? Pretty tricky, I would say. Um, so, you know, I, I like to use whatever shortcuts and get whatever help I can get. And so um, I'm using uh, an asset called Photon Bolt. Um, Photon, they're, they're creator of a bunch of different multiplayer middleware solutions. Um, it was just kind of my job to not introduce anything that was a, a major difference between the platforms. They can look different, but in terms of the logic of the game and the physics, as long as they were all identical, then hypothetically, it should just work. And in our experience, so far it has. The, the harder you, part was making it work, you know, with um, like a fighting game that has a little bit of latency from the multiplayer. But even playing like cross-country battles, we've found that it still works very well. Mm. So what is the timeline after the Kickstarter here? What's your plan? After the Kickstarter, the beta is going to launch immediately, basically. I'm trying to, to wrap that up and have something ready to start pushing out to the backers, you know, as soon as I can after the Kickstarter ends. And then, um, you know, there's a, a process in the background going on of uh, quality assurance testing with Oculus. That, and all the Quest games will have to go through that before they can launch. So, um, you know, until that's basically complete, you never know for sure. Um, you know, when you're going to be able to launch. And so I've tried to avoid making any, um, you know, very specific promises. I want to make sure that I can, you know, under-promise and over-deliver. Um, so all that I've said so far is that it's going to be launching in the spring. How did the sort of approval process go with Oculus? You did the, did you have to do the pitch document thing and then go through and you got some sort of tentative approval, right? Yes. And it, it wasn't... Uh, you know, too drawn out a process in my case. 
Um, one thing that I think helped is that I had made so many games before uh, that had launched on Oculus platforms. And so I think they, they knew me and they trusted that I could deliver a functional game. I also think it helps that uh, Oculus, for very good reasons, they tell you don't start building your game for the Quest until we've given you approval because you know they might not give that approval. And I just ignored that flat out. And I started building the game for the Quest. And I had a, a, like a well-running functional prototype by the time that I submitted. And I was able to show some screenshots and say, you know, look, it's very far along. Here's what it's going to look like. It already works with multiplayer, et cetera. And the reason I did that is because I knew that even if they rejected the game, I wasn't going to be giving up. I would just launch the game on Rift or wherever else I could and try to get on Quest later. Pun intended here, I guess, but the double-edged sword there of the (laughs) Oculus curation process is that developers seem to need to prove out their ideas even to themselves to a certain extent. And it's almost inescapable, it seems, to spend some time debbing before you actually submit it to Oculus. It's I don't know how realistic that is to sort of send that document in without having done some of the work. I feel like this is a, a you know, perennial problem with the game industry. Um, you know, I've heard similar stories from people who are, are seeking funding from publishers where you know they'd like to get some funding to to build the game or at least to build a prototype and then you know as like a first stage but very few publishers will listen to your pitch unless you already have a prototype and so it, it seems to kind of just be like a hazard of the business that you know you have to be able to um to prove out your ideas ahead of time so since your products are available on multiple platforms, and you've been at this for such a long time. Can you talk to me about how hard it's been to be an indie developer and what platforms <laughs> you've seen success on? And My first game um, came out for the as a launch title on the Gear VR. So that was the Gear VR Innovator Edition in December 2014. And they didn't even have a payment solution on the store. You could not sell your games. And so... I was impatient to launch the game and I decided to give the whole thing away for free for those first few months until they actually got, you know, a payment solution hooked up. And then they, you know, they added that, but there's still very few people who had a Gear VR back then. So at the time it looked like it was going to be extremely slow and who knew, you know, where the money was going to come from. And then my later games, they, they came out when there was an established population. And, you know, there's a, a large group of people that were ready to take your, you know, the, to buy the content. And so it's a little counterintuitive that my earliest games were by far more successful than the later games. It, maybe that's because it was so much less crowded at the time, or maybe it's because, you know, they were able to make a name for themselves, you know, before there was so much competition. Maybe the early ones were just better games. But... Darknet and to a lesser extent, Tactera have kind of been, you know, the uh, very slow and steady, but winning the race. Mm. And then the later games, um, you know, they, I'm, I'm especially proud of my most recent one, Astraeus, but very few people have played it. And, you know, the Oculus Go, I think at this point, everyone looking at it is saying, like, it's not the place for games. You know, everybody talks about it as sort of a, a media viewing device. And, um, you know, the game that I built for that device just kind of, you know, it it didn't do nothing, but it kind of fizzled. Yeah. And so I I think that I overall have been extremely lucky and privileged being able to, like, get into VR when I did and be able to, like, have some of those early successes that have let me keep going for this long. 
but with the new game with iron lights i decided to try to go much bigger i my conclusion from watching this dynamic of you know each game getting less and less of a response was that i can't just make sort of smallish niche strategy games anymore i want to make something that is a lot more ambitious and that has a better chance of standing out so iron lights is is now it's about twice as big in terms of like development budget and team as my previous games that's still very very small in the grand scheme of things but for me it's a it's a really big deal it's you know it feels like a big risk have you thought about bringing your other games to quest what, what how did that process go first of all i just have been so focused on iron lights at a certain point i felt like man you know i had the idea for this game years ago and i just want to get it done so i'm just i'm not going to even consider other projects until it's ready but then also i felt like the previous games were designed for the hardware of their times. In all of them, it's nice to have six degrees of freedom, but they play perfectly well with three degrees of freedom. And so it, it felt like they weren't really taking full advantage of the quest. Then later Oculus, you know, they instituted um, a compatibility layer so that you can play certain Oculus Go games on the quest. And they took my earliest two games, Darknet and Tactera, and made those playable on the quest. It's, of course, not the same thing because they're not available in the Quest store, but those games, they work on the Quest. And I feel like there's, you know, the amount of effort it would take to go back into the, the old code and get it all up to speed again, and especially to, like, really, you know, push it forward. Compared to what I can do on Iron Lights right now, I feel like it's not the best use of my time. What's the rest of 2020 hold for you? Did, did, how long of a project is Iron Lights sort of going to hold your focus? The plan is to stay working on Iron Lights for a very long time, for at least several months. I would be a little disappointed if I um, were to stop working on Iron Lights after, you know, a year or nine months or so. And, you know, hopefully I can keep working on it for a, a very long time indeed like the the hope is that there will be a community that builds around this game and um something that i can kind of keep pouring effort into and keep trying to you know bring make the game more and more alive and more and more vibrant i feel like this is a game that has so much potential like there, i feel like maybe every developer feels this way about their own game but i can imagine so many things that i could add to it that would make it better and better and better not needing to have the one-to-one -one matchup between what you're holding and what you're actually doing with what you're holding in a virtual space. Uh, the most recent example is Walking Dead and then Boneworks has it too. But this idea of giving heft and weight to the objects you're, you're holding by making there be a disconnect there. Was that a hard conclusion to arrive at? Is that That is in your title as well, right? Yeah, and actually, um, it's very much accentuated in Iron Lights because we do all the melee combat in slow motion. So all these weapons have weight, you know, you can only pull them around so fast. And then when it goes into slow-mo, they get even slower. And you, the, the idea is that in the real world, you kind of have to move like you're in slow motion in order to maintain the, you know, the best control over these weapons. And you know, I, I just, at the beginning, I just felt like that felt cool. And um, as we went through development, it, you know, consistently felt to me more fun than doing things at full speed. But it's been kind of uh, 
polarizing. I, it's something that I believe is is very helpful and necessary for the game. But a lot of people, when they encounter it for the first time or they see video of it, they um, seem to kind of react poorly, you know, or like bounce against it. Like um, one person was saying, like, I, you know, if I can react in time, why don't you just let me, you know, react? Why can't I just block the thing? A lot of people have requested, like, a, you know, at least add a fast mode to the game, which maybe I can do. For me, it never felt unnatural, maybe mm. because I was building it myself. And um, it definitely seemed like it was necessary, you know, in order to build a, a game that felt fair and interesting, as opposed to just kind of like waggling your wrist at the other person, things like that. Explain to me, do you need an internet connection, even if you're in a living room together? And, or can you just Wi-Fi connect and not actually need an external connection to the outside? Right now, it's talking to the internet. So you, you do need a connection to talk to a matchmaking server. And then once you connect with your friend who's on the same Wi-Fi network, then the system tries to build a direct connection. And if it can, it will use the LAN connection. And then you're, you're working on, you know, with no latency. However, very soon, I will be announcing that uh, Iron Lights is going to be going to uh, appear at a, a trade show. And you cannot, you know, rely on the internet there. And so we are looking into trying to figure out a way to make it be entirely land-based. We're going to try to bring in a router that's not connected to the internet at all and just have the quests talk directly over that. Since you came from Indie Dev. Has regular 2D development appealed to you on an ongoing basis or are you stuck in VR? What what sort of your appeal here of, of what you work on for the rest of your life? Well, you know, I, I sort of said at the beginning that I kind of fell into VR development. I, you know, I didn't plan to be a, a solely a VR dev. Um, but once I got started, then here I was with some early experience in an emerging technology and it just made sense to keep going with it. And I don't know how long that's going to continue. I will say I really like working in VR, and especially now that I, I'm dealing with the Quest. Um, it's a lot of fun. But it's not you know, fundamentally like something that I, I, I need to have in order to do game development. I've made card games before. I've made you know, 2D video games that are you know, for couch-based co-op. The, the medium doesn't matter too much to me. What matters the most is that it's, you know, game design. You know, do you ever see a, a future where this industry really supports larger teams? Do you think you'll be having a team of six or 10 or 15 working on a VR project someday? There's one other full-time member on the team for Iron Lights. Um, and there's a, a group of contractors and an art studio that I'm working with. So it's maybe a little bit bigger than two. That's kind of the, the, the situation that I was used to dealing with. And maybe because of that, it's almost like um, my experience is, is like the opposite of what you were describing, where it felt like as the industry matured, this, these tiny, small games became uh, less viable, became, you know, it's like, I need to grow. I need to start figuring out how to, to build bigger games and do more ambitious things. Um, and that's going to be the only, like the way to stand out. So Yes, like everybody's still sort of waiting to see like when is this going to take off or if if it's going to. Personally, you know, maybe it's because I hang out on the Oculus Quest subreddit too much, but it feels like the Quest is really like hitting a sweet spot. Um, like it's 
I don't know, in terms of convenience and price point and performance and all of it, like this is the thing that I would truly recommend to other people. Not, yeah. It's not just like, oh, you have to be an enthusiast or something. It's like, no, I have friends who would love that. Yeah. No, I think that's the theme on, on a lot of what we've come to as, as uh, reporters and as people who recommend this tech to everyone, where uh, with every headset before Quest, we've always had to say, but this, but this, but this. You know, it's a $1,000 computer that you have to get to have this experience. It's a $200 Go that's great, but don't lean. Um, even PlayStation, don't turn around, but don't yeah. turn around. Um, you know, it's there's always a lot of exceptions. And even with Quest, there's a little bit of a, a weight situation, which is the only kind of warning I have to kind of give people is make sure you get the strap on there right and maybe look into a counterweight if you if it's weighing down in your on your face too much. But yeah, that's it's it's been sort of a removal of all these exceptions and reasons why we wouldn't recommend it to people. And yeah, yeah we're definitely seeing a, an enormous response out there. The thing that's astounded me is that um, you know I, I already have a powerful computer. I already have the, like the Vive base station set up and my Rift cameras in the room and everything already ready to go. And yet, by far, the most common VR experiences that I'm doing are the ones that are on the Quest. And I couldn't really place my finger on exactly what it was. Um, you know, I think that somebody made like a joke on Twitter where they were saying like, you know, the pros and cons, like play PC VR has better resolution, you know, more comfortable fit, better tracking, more flexibility, et cetera, et cetera. Quest actually works, <laughs> you know, and the... I feel like that's kind of been my experience too. Like I, I recently um, put on the Vive uh, for development purposes um, and I hadn't for a very long time. And I ended up with all the, the wires, you know, kind of tangled up in a ball that was kind of pulling my head to the side. It had like some stuttering that I, I had to like diagnose and like try to figure out like, is it interfering with some other app or something? Um, various games would work better than others. So, you know, Steam VR wasn't detecting my controllers right. And I had to repair them, et cetera, et cetera. That's not interesting. Nobody wants to do that. Um, whereas the Quest, every game that I get on there works. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, E. And can't wait to try the beta and get some time in there playing the game. Thanks so much thank for having so me. Much. I appreciate it.